This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood films. This month, we are taking a look back at Practical Magic to see if our nostalgia is warranted. Now, Sarah, you put us through this. Uh, do you have <laughs> a... <laughs> do you have a 60-second synopsis ready? No, but... <laughs> All right. Mark, do you mind putting a timer together? Oh, again? <laughs> All right, give... Give Sarah a countdown. Let's hear it. And go. I mean, <laughs> three, two, <Jeez>. one, go. <laughs> the Owens family from Massachusetts is a bunch of witches, and they have a curse on them that anyone that falls in love with them will eventually die. This stems from a ancestor of ours that almost got hung as a witch and then was deserted by the town and her lover, and she had to go have a baby alone. Two uh, members of the family, Sally and... Jill. J- Jillian... <laughs> um, decide to go different ways. Uh, Sally gets married, has two kids, and then her husband dies from the curse. Jillian wants to just be normal and live other way else, but she finds an abusive boyfriend. Sally comes help her with the abusive boyfriend. They accidentally kill him twice, um, and then he becomes a haunted spirit in the yard. When the guy comes to, uh, <laughs> Aiden Quinn comes to be a detective about it, um, Sally falls in love with him. And then they have to uh, do an exorcism of Jimmy's spirit, and they kill him a third time, and then everyone ends up happy. The end. <laughs> I love the phrase, he comes to do a detective about it. <laughs> also, I don't remember Aiden Quinn's ca- Oh, Gary. Gary. Gary, Indiana. Um, anyway. It's just like Aiden Quinn. All right, so let's get into log four, what we saw as adults that we may have missed as children, which I have to assume for me and Mark is everything. Mm -hmm. This is just a 1990 Sandra Bullock romantic comedy, but also they kill a man three times. Oh, good. Okay, well, podcast done. So Yeah, (laughs) let's get on to reviews. But no, I, I do have a note that like this is, I agree with you, this is classic... Bullock. This is rom-com Bullock, where she is so bumbling, like a little bit clumsy, but adorable in the way Sandra Bullock is. Like, I really like her in this film. And this is heyday Sandra Bullock. This is 90s heyday of all of her romantic movies, Sandra Bullock. But then you get the Nicole Kidman. It's really interesting because it's really their acting styles are their subplots. Sandra Bullock was known as, like, the brunette version of the Meg Ryan America's Sweetheart. That's the kind of thing she did in this time period. And then you had Nicole Kidman, who was did more weird things. She was just coming off of that, that really crazy Kubrick movie. The, Which the, one? The <laughs> sex cult one? Oh. Eyes Wide Shut. Interesting. That uh, one. Gotcha. <laughs> um, sex cult. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, they're all crazy Kubrick movies, so. So all the, like, really serious, sexualized, 
abusive storylines. It's all the Nicole Kidman stuff, which really goes more with her as an actress. So it's like they just took their normal movies. Yeah, I guess I... That's an interesting take, because I, I was unaware of Nicole Kidman as early in her career being this sex idol or being in sexually charged movies. But I, I saw it more as she like the Batman. classic... The classic uh, women dichotomy you see in a lot of things. You got your Marianne and your Ginger, where one is more of a a homebody, the the sweetheart at home, the housewife who wants a family and kids, and the other's out there living her life in the world a bit more recklessly, a bit more wildly, following rock stars or whatever. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's, it's less it's a of nice that. Balance. It's more of coming from a family that is two sisters. And I am currently the younger redheaded one, and my sister's an older brunette. I think it's more of you have these sisters who are close in age and close, but already have this thing of being compared and wanting to find themselves as individuals. And then you throw on that the emotional trauma of being bullied by an entire town and their parents dying. And how do they each deal with that? And Sandra Bullock's character just deals with it by completely... Like, we're going to ignore it. We're going to stay in town and be a normal person and ignore the weird stuff. Whereas Jillian's character is like, I want all this adventure stuff, but I want to do it in a place where people don't know me. Where I don't have the baggage of the dead parents and the weird aunts and the witch rumors and all that stuff and takes off. And it's coming from, I obviously don't have the childhood trauma of my parents getting killed by a curse. Um, but that idea of being very close in age of sisters and loving each other and being best friends but also how do you find your individualness when you're constantly doing stuff together and, and always around each other? That was a thing that siblings, and especially siblings of the same gender, that close together deal with. And so as a person f from with, with a, one sister, that relationship felt very weird, where real, real to me because it's like, yeah, they fight and they hate each other, but it's still at the end of the day, you need to kill a man. This is the person you're calling. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I like I bought the the sibling relationship in this. They do a great job, and like I uh, have a similar thing with my older brother in that we are very close in age. You like to murder each other's loved ones. Yeah, I am the younger redheaded one. Uh, <laughs> stroked my weird. beard there because I have no head of my hair. Hair on my head? Oh boy, I'm <laughs> drunk. Oh no! Oh, oh I'm no! Not. Carl lost his head. <laughs> oh no! And yeah, I did feel the need to go out and make my own life away from my parents, but at the same time, I don't know. I do feel maybe you're right in that they played type based on what the uh, what the actresses were known for. It did seem to be like the idealistic woman. And so often it does get framed within this dichotomy as if there's only two choices, whether you want the housewife or whether you want the party girl, which this film provides both options for you. Uh, those are the two options presented in this film. So maybe I took away a little bit from the film because it presented only two options with its characters and how womanhood can be achieved. But you having this relationship with your sister... Maybe it sounds like you saw and it very Sandra differently. Sandra Bullock's character doesn't necessarily want to be a housewife at first. She just wants to be kind of left alone. The whole getting married and kids kind of, I would say, is an accident. But it turns out it's not an accident. It yeah. turns out Stockard Channing and Diane Weister, meddlers. But she 
she says she doesn't want to fall in love. She doesn't necessarily want to get married. That just happens. She doesn't want to fall in love because she doesn't want to kill someone. Yes. Apparently what she wants to do is sell very expensive shampoos. Which, frankly, she's making herself a whole little lush bar right there, so she's ahead of the game. She doesn't want to get married or fall in love so that she doesn't accidentally curse kill someone. So, but then she ends up having kids anyway. Well, it seems like the curse doesn't necessarily instantly... Are, because is their family like, to- like... So, San- Sandra and Nicole, you have brunette redhead... Sandra's kids, brunette redhead, both female, again. Is that like the family lineage also? Is that they always have two daughters be. that are brunette and redhead? Because I mean, both of the That's the not how aunts, genetics should work. It, it, maybe it is. Maybe <laughs> yeah, because Dan Gleese the... is kind of more a strawberry blonde, and uh, Sucker Channing is the brunette. Also, their outfits this whole movie are great. I want to be Stalker Channing for Halloween and just go around and be crazy old witch lady. <laughs> to be fair, I just want to be Stalker Channing in most Well, movies. sure. Who doesn't? <laughs> Though, the reason I said early on in the podcast that you put us through this is that, to me, this, ta- this film at the beginning is such a slog because it doesn't know where to start the story. And I kept waiting for the story to start because you get... The, the film starts with them explaining the curse and how their ancestor was hung. Cool. I'm on board. And then goes to see their mom and dad on a beach, describing how their dad died when they heard the sound of a beetle. And then their mom dad, died of a yeah. broken heart. And then the kids go to live with the aunts. And I thought, oh, cool. The film will be about children living with their aunts. Next scene jumps forward. Years. Now they're kind of both adults. They're being played by the the actresses that we know and love. You haven't watched enough romantic dramas, Carl. No, I guess not. I think I've watched too many now that I've watched this one. (laughs) (laughs) I love this movie! But now now they're grown up, and Sally, or no, Jill goes off into the wilderness, away from the wild, wild world. So I think, oh, the film's going to be about this sister relationship and how they keep connected. Nope. Uh, The next scene... Sally finds love, and literally, it jumps three years in a, a scene swap. To be fair, if I was Jill, I would want to leave town too. She got hit in the face with a rock. So now, Sally has a husband. She has two kids. Who is played by the guy from Royal Pains. Uh-huh. And then she tries to save the husband's life, and now he's dead. The part of the montage they don't show is who fixed the floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she tears up that floor looking for the beetle. And apparently, that beetle is a real beetle, but it doesn't make that noise. Yeah, and Kinda then... knocks on wood. Uh, these two kids go to live with the ants, and Sally's real depressed, and Jill comes back to care for her. And then the film still takes a while. Like, that's really where the film starts. And then the major action in the film is Jill's relationship to angel and like that's what the film is about yeah and i i thought i thought kind of His similar name is jimmy jimmy angel isn't it yes i was kind of the same thing i wasn't really following what was happening for a lot of that because it just kept jumping around oh, so much angel off it's not angel it's angel off because remember he's romanian so that was played by like the, the guy beginning. from er The beginning of this film was such a slog to get to, like, I kept thinking, oh, 
this is the story. No, wait. Oh, this is the story. No, wait. Trick me. If I told you this was based on a book. No. No. In fact, that that is one of my notes is that this should be a book. Is a book. If it's a movie that Sarah picked, it's probably already a book. You can explore all these subplots in a book, and it makes the book more rewarding. Exploring all of this in the beginning of the film really drags down the narrative. See, that's because you're not, you haven't watched enough romantic dramas. Maybe. You're not Maybe used to that's the my pace problem. of the build-up. The build-up. You need the build-up. I am more used to Did- the three-act film. In the first ten minutes, you set up what is normal life for our characters. But they're witches there. What's the break of normal life? And then their first foray away from normal life is the end of the first act. They are witches with a curse and midnight margaritas. There is no normal life. Oh, those midnight margaritas do not come in the first ten minutes. They do not. Um, anyway, I was gonna say something, and now I forgot. Oh, uh, was it about, uh, Romanian Angela E.R.? You know, like, I knew I his Dr. face Luca looked familiar, and I couldn't remember oh. why. Yeah, he was Dr. Luca. Did you recognize any of the children? No. Two of the child actors went on to be in other things. So, so were these Sally's kids or Sally and Jill as children? One of each. So young Sally is Camilla, Camilla Bell, and she's oh. been a, in a few things. She was in that weird Chris Evans superpower movie. Push? Was that what it was called? Oh, yeah. Um, She was in that uh prehistoric something yeah. something BC. Yeah, she was in a bunch of stuff. Um, And then... Uh, Sally's redheaded daughter is Evan Rachel Wood, who is known for a bunch of stuff, as well as being engaged to Marilyn Manson for a while. Oh, well, congratulations. And she, I think, most recently was in Frozen 2. Yeah, did not recognize him. And Aiden Quinn is in a lot of stuff, and he's very handsome in this movie. So, who was Aiden? Oh, Aiden Quinn was Gary the (laughs) Investigator. Because it, it takes so long for the love interest to come in. Have you seen the movie Benny and June? I have. He's in that movie. Can you guess is who he, he is? Is he Benny or June? Is he June's Benny. brother? He's Benny? He's Benny. Wait, uh, that, I thought Benny was uh, Johnny Depp. No, Benny and June are the siblings. They're the siblings? Yes, because Johnny Depp's character asks him how he spells Benny at one point. And he's like, I think it's like with an N. Yes, with an N. <laughs> Maybe I haven't seen Benny and June. I know Sam I is, haven't. Sam is Johnny Depp's character. Gotcha. I assumed too much about that film, but let's talk about this film. Anyway, Aiden Quinn's in a lot of stuff. Right. That's one thing. Not his character, but his relationship and how the film treats this relationship. It's a little weird to me in that, like, it's been enough time for Sandra Bullock to get over her dead husband. But also, like, what about that dead husband? He's given, like, 15 minutes? And then, like, the film just There was a whole him. scene of her like, being depressed dead. about it, though. That's why That's why Nicole had to come comfort her, though. I know. It's just... it's It seems weird to me, in terms of, like, a romantic comedy, that they find love, love dies, they find love again. I mean, it's not really a romantic comedy. It's so much a romantic supernatural drama. Yeah, it's possibly too many things. <laughs> 
Let's see what Wikipedia calls it. Like, it does have its, it's moments. It's a dramedy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to detract from it. It does take a while to get to those moments, however. I do really enjoy Sally as a child, like, writing down the list of all the things she wants in her uh, her perfect love, her one true love, uh, in that she makes such specific demands. And in the back of my mind, I was like, well, she's never going to find that. Uh, and that's her point, is that she's making specific demands because it's impossible to fulfill. Therefore, she doesn't fall in love and doesn't kill a man. And like, that's a really neat thing, probably directly from the book. But I really enjoyed that moment. And that like kid logic is just like, all right, if I make the problem impossible, I'll never kill anyone. And then she goes on to kill someone. Technically, her great, 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 whatever Maria did it. Yeah, Moria, I think it was her name. Maybe it was Maria. Maria? I Moria. think it was just Maria. <laughs> All right. I mean... My my notes are indescript in whether I wrote down an A or an O. Moria was a mine, one. Carl. <laughs> I'm aware, but it's also a female's name. I don't... There's Mora. You're Mora. All right. I have a or question Mora. about... I have a question that about That was Maria. from book. So, like, she's trying to be hung at the beginning of the film. She breaks it with magic. Yes. And then the townsfolk banish her? Like, how do you banish a witch if the witch is powerful enough to cheat death? Well, I think if they had just, like, stabbed her. Yeah. The fact that they were trying to do public execution and give her time to come up with a plan. If they just, like, come at her with, like, a pitchfork and just stabbed her in the stomach. Yeah, that's a great question. Why did they just stab her in the stomach instead <laughs> of banishing her? they are Puritans and they like their rules. And the rules say we hang a witch. The rules except say we can one, only kill in public in front of children. Except for that one guy that they stoned to death. They pressed him with a stone. I don't know. They put name. a large stone on his chest and they kept putting no, more I weight on I it. I understand what you're saying. I don't know if I've heard that before right now, though. It's his, a historical thing and it is also mentioned in the Crucible. But it's happened to more than one person. Yes. But I think it was Giles Corey, I think his name was. Again, I've seen the Crucible multiple times and I've also been to Salem about three times. Oh, boy. Are we going to get into how weird your life is? Again. My, Again. Grandparents <laughs> live, my grandparents live near Salem. It's not that weird. All right. You made it sound like you've made a pilgrimage to Salem a couple of times. No, it's like we we drove 45 you were minutes. Visiting, you were visiting family and had We drove to 45 minutes to, to a tourist attraction and went to a wax museum. Ooh. How was that wax, though? Terrifying. More or less terrified than a shoe being dissolved. That's We're the other film we did. Well, you know what? The wa Wax Museum just makes me think of Back to the Future 2 again. So we're just right back in our last episode all over. <laughs> it's just terrifying. Don't go to it. Don't go to the Salem Weird Wax History Museum. Just go to, like, the normal stuff in, like, the cemetery. Go just to, go to, just um, go to the normal places, the like normal a cemetery. <laughs> go to the Seven Gables house. That's fine. What's his name? Nathan... Drake. Lane. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys know your American literature. <laughs> um, House of Seven Gables did the Scarlet Arrow letter. Oh, uh, Hawthorne. Thank you. Nathaniel Hawthorne. He lived in Salem. What You called him Nathan, which might be what he went by, but I've only heard the name Nathaniel Hawthorne. Well, yep. I also couldn't remember the, the books he wrote until just a second ago, so... All right, fair enough. 
Anyway, he lives in Salem. You can go see his house. I won't, but thank you. You can also go on whale tours. <laughs> All right. So getting back to this film and not whale tours. Uh, let's see. I guess we could talk about the Sandra Bullock and Jill. I guess we already did that. So I guess, Sarah, did you watch this at a certain point in your life where little girls kind of go through that witch phase? That phase where they think it's a real thing. And like, there's a cultural reason for it but there's a phase carl where, knows like, all about little girls phases apparently little girls <laughs> of a certain age are you trying to believe this, in like, witchcraft no what are you talking about i went through a horse phase okay that is also common so i've heard it described as like the lack of female role models makes some girls look towards witches because witches find females powerful and like if you can learn magic i knew a girl in um did in my you have a school. friend that tried to make her own version of the craft i think so i think okay. that's she was that type of girl there, and like this is a type of person who does this she was not a single I, individual who got into this no 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 by the time i got to that age as much as i like the craft i had emo music to calm my okay. inner anger um no i watched this because i like sandra bullock movies as a child okay do you know how many times i've seen um um while you were sleeping so no. many times and this is i don't just, know how i could possibly know while that. you were sleeping <laughs> but also with magically murdering a guy <laughs> well let's talk about now, that magic murder yeah was, she didn't magically murder did she she just whacked him on the well, head Technically, the first time she did use herbs, technically they are just normal real-life herbs that will poison you if you take too many of them. Deadly, deadly nightshade. They are, which we've talked about in a previous episode. Because <laughs> tomatoes are part of the nightshade family. Anyway. Uh -huh. Belladonna. They put too much belladonna in the liquor, and he Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. To explain to our audience who may have not seen this film, he first kidnaps them at gunpoint he does he also lies about uh louis lamore he talks about he was a foreigner and he was a cowboy and she's oh, like he's not yeah. a foreigner he's from north dakota but then then what I, so this guy i'm confused about him and nicole because they're a thing but then he's kidnapping them and choking her but they're so, still a thing here's the thing is that nicole is in a abusive relationship yes with a guy who turns out to be a serial killer. She's called Jill in this film. Uh, but she likes that he is devoted to her without loving her because he's just obsessive about her. The only way she's able to get away from him because he will follow her anywhere, including the bathroom when she just needs to go there. Uh, the only way she can get away is by drugging him, knocking him out. That's how she gets home to visits. Uh, Sally, when she's depressed about her husband's death. But she likes, I think, that attention and his intensity. And then he hits her. He gets physically abusive and not just emotionally abusive. And so she calls up Sally. It's just like, hey, I'm leaving him. I'm not sticking around for this shit. And when she tries to leave, that's when he kidnaps her. Obviously, you can tell how into the plot I was when I watched this. Uh-huh. And I think it's another indication of the difference of the personalities in the sister and how they treat the curse. Because 
Sally takes it very matter-of-factly, like, if I do this, people are gonna die. I'm just not doing it. Whereas uh, Jillian is very, almost romanticizes it, and she's like, yeah, my mother died of a broken heart, and my father died by a love curse, but she's basically like, isn't that romantic, and I can't wait till, to fall in love, and she's constantly going through guys because, like, she has this romanticizing in her head of her weird love curse family history of all of these men who have died because they have loved the women in their lives so much. Uh -huh. Right. So, by going through so many guys, do you think Jill gets bored of the relationship and moves on, or the guys who love her keep falling down like flies? I think she gets bored. Okay. I don't think she killed the Roto-Rooter man, which is a Maybe. reference you probably didn't know because you did nope. not pay attention to that one letter at the beginning nope. of the movie. <laughs> sure didn't. Is Roto-Rooter still a thing? I don't know, but this movie took place in like 1995, so. Yeah. So during the kidnapping, the sisters are able to talk magically and what Sally dumps so much of that deadly, deadly nightshade into a drink that Angel is taking. And then it, I guess it takes a while to kick in, but it kicks in just in time to save Jill's life while she's being choked out. He does die. Yeah. So they're left with a body. And Sally is smart about it. She's like, let's go to the cops. Why don't they just go to the cops? I guess they'd have to also explain why they had the Belladonna on them in the first place. I suppose. But, I mean... Is it impossible to use it in small doses for medicinal purposes? No, but it's much easier to just pick up Tylenol PM. Sure. I don't know. I think that's easily explained. Like, I'm a naturalist. I like, in the way that people don't want to go with traditional medicine, they look for herbal remedies. You just claim to be that type of person. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's better than their solution of... Which is bring him back to the from the dead. Yeah, take him home, bring him back from the dead, and kill him again. Turns out Sally was right when she's like, no, it's not a good idea. He's going to turn into a horrible monster. And Jen's like, he was already a horrible monster. I just need him alive. To be fair, they're not wrong about when he comes back from the dead, he's not really doing anything different than he was before. He's That's still true. obsessed and attempting to strangle her, which is exactly what he was trying to do before he died the first time. Right. I just, it seems so indecisive for these characters. We're like, should we bury the body? Nah, let's bring him back to life, then kill him, then bury the body. I think maybe they were expecting there'd be a little bit more leeway time before him coming to life and like moving and attacking. And they got a little startled, and they went a little of the Rapunzel route and hit him with a frying pan. <laughs> We're like, instead of taking him home, why not just get away from him and say you didn't know the body was dead? You just thought he was knocked out. <laughs> I didn't know they this did dead body was dead. <laughs> they did steal what? the car, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they take his car home. That also bothered me. I'm not sure if she has a car, though, because if they've been together for long enough, maybe she doesn't have a car. Maybe it's only his car. But, but... Oh, wait, they've got her car. Yeah, Jill had to drive... No, Sally had to drive to Jill, meaning Sally's car is still at the hotel where they got kidnapped. They what? really did didn't they think this murder back? through. I don't think they did. Carl's all about it's planning never addressed murders again. <laughs> you, you gotta plan your if murders. Aiden Quinn had figured out that her car... I guess maybe they just never found the hotel? Maybe. Yeah, because they, they went from the body and then tracked it there. 
Or Wait, no, they no, didn't no, even didn't, track no. her. He didn't have a body because he there was a missing person when he they, went looking for yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. And they're right. trying to find him because it turns out he's a serial killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. This whole thing. Uh, the other thing that bothered me is, like, they have a dead body on the table. They are attempting to bring it back to life. And they don't even look up the recipe before beginning. It's like you're starting to bake a cake and, like, reading the recipe as you're throwing the ingredients in to the oven. Uh, it's just like, I don't know, set aside, like, prepare your ingredients, get a mise en place, and then bring the body back to life. They don't have time for that. They need. He's dead. He's not getting any Put deader. the ants are upstairs. The whole point to do it quick is so the ants don't catch them. I'm just, this whole time that Carl is going off on all the problems and just watching Sarah's face as he's... The whole thing is... The ants have already told them it's a bad idea when but, Natalie said she wanted to bring her husband back to life. So they're trying to do this because the ants are upstairs. They're no, in the house. No, they're not. They're at the solstice with the children. Oh. They come back the next day. That was late. No, that was right then. They had time. Right. But still, they got to get it done. They do. I'm just saying... They're not great. They had at to do it when the when the corpse was still fresh, so that he sure. was not and like moldy zombie. Thirty minutes back. of prep time would ruin the body. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were much better. Is this another thing? Twice in one day of I'm not the weird one. Where I would, if I tried to bring a dead body that I've murdered back to life, I would just be doing whatever to get it done. Where Carl's like, no, no, we need to meticulously plan before we bring our murder back to life. If you have a book with the recipe, at least read the recipe before you start. No. Is this our lesson for today? After (laughs) poisoning and murdering and dragging across the country, because they were in Arizona, remember? And... The movie takes place in Massachusetts. So you're telling me they drug a dead a body they murdered across state lines? Yes, oh boy. Multiple super, state lines. Super problematic. The point was after murdering a person, dragging him across the country, and then trying to get him resurrected before the daybreak where my aunts and my daughters are going to show up, I am not going to have the mental capacity to pre-plan out how to make this spell. I'm just going to do I'm just going to wing it because I killed a man. Yeah, and my point is if you wing it, you're just going to need to kill him again. I think even if you did it beforehand, he was still going to come back to life, strangle Nicole Kidman, and you were still going to have to hit him with a frying pan. I, these two women are terrible of disposing of a body, is my point. Maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> in the heat of the moment. Do you think he would have been better, Carl? Because he still I would have left tried- him to the side of the road and got my, got my car states away from the hotel and just drove it back. Still would have gotten cut because the hotel lobby person knew that Sandra Bullock came in to get the key to get Nicole Kidman. And so obviously you guys are going to be the first people that we're going to be suspects in his death. I fully admit that. But when you get home, you have time to prep your story. You have time to calm down. So when the police come call and be like, no, yeah, he <laughs> hit me. I got scared. I don't know. Because I left Sandra him there. Bullock I thought he was just Aiden knocked Quinn, out. Because it turns out they're magical soulmates. 
Yes, he is the man of her dreams. The man she has been wishing, wishing, wishing for since she was eight years old. He can ride a pony backwards, which really isn't that hard. Yeah, it's super not. His favorite shape is a star. But she can't fall in love with him because she'll just kill him again. Well, we'll get to no, that. No, That's how this film ends. Did they? Yes, with sisterhood. Is that what broke the curse? They mentioned that... it at the very end. They did. They I did thought that she was before broke the she haunting. fell in love with him, though. They say <laughs> at the very end was mm -hmm. it the clasping of hands that broke the curse, and they weren't talking about her and Aiden Quinn. She was talking about the Owens family and the town people finally coming back together as one, and them not getting bullied anymore. But. The town wasn't a part of the classic of hands. It was just the sisters. And they had previously clasped hands with their blood pack to die together. No, they did that, but all of the people in the circle <laughs> did the clasping of hands around the circle, which was ah, all the PTA right. ladies. Yes, we do need to talk about those PTA ladies, because they are the worst. They are just, they are so terrible parents in that, like, when they see their children picking on other children, they... Defend their terrible children. To be fair, they did the same thing when they were children. They Literally. Did. So they haven't learned anything. No! Up. Because they're witches, and it's possible <laughs> that Jillian, or not Jillian, um, what was the daughter? Sally. Sally? No, the no, daughter. I Sally's daughter. I love the that daughter. Sally's daughter did give that kid chicken pox. It is possible that she did give that kid chicken pox. I was wondering, possible. they never brought that up again. The kid does show back up with chicken pox. Oh, really? You see him in a later scene with the mom, and he has chicken pox. When, when the cop, when Aiden Quinn is going around questioning people, and the mom is just like, they're like, something about, oh, they probably killed him, and the other person's like, I wouldn't say they killed him, they just pointed at him and he died later. When that whole scene is going on, you see the kid, and the kid has chicken pox. So Sally's daughter possibly did give that kid chicken pox. Final question about this murder. So you have a dead body you've <laughs> killed twice. Yes. Why would you bury it on your property? That's what everybody does when they murder someone, Carl. Don't you ever watch Forensic Files? <laughs> but then, like, a Where body that you may or may not be cursed and may or may not been brought back from the dead, you're just going to have all of that seeping into your ground. Where are you going? else are you going to put it? It's not like you're oh. going to drive it back to Arizona. Oh, yeah, but you'll drive a dead body all the way to Massachusetts first and then not but go to the still, highway to bury it. They still, But he still would have come back to life over there. Yes, but he it would have been harder for him. Like, the roses would have grown out there. They wouldn't have to deal with the roses. He wouldn't have been present while the cop was investigating their home. I think someone would eventually notice, though. Maybe, but then that and sends then the investigation that way. And then he comes murdering random townspeople because they're like, hey, this zombie-looking dude on high on bath salts is murdering townspeople, and it turns out it goes back to these people. That's going to be way more trouble than just burying it in your own yard. That's when he still had a body, and This, this whole movie fine. about magic and curses and, and witches and Carl's biggest problem is murdering great. people. <laughs> because in the end, he haunted the house, they got rid of him, in front of Aiden Quinn, and Aiden Quinn helped them cover up the murder. Here's a question. They're witches. Is there no witch spell to just burn a body beyond recognition? Or, like, 
burn a body to a crisp? Why bury him? I don't think that would have helped. You don't think burning this corpse that you brought back to life, like giving him a cremation instead of a burial, also, maybe the spirit would come back. Minor spells and do mostly potions. Yeah, I had a real problem about this because with the title <laughs> "Practical Magic." I did expect, oh, cool, I'll get to see their interpretation of magic, how it's useful for everyday life, you know, practical stuff. They do very little magic in this. Like, the potions that she sells in a shop are vaguely magic, not really describe what they do. They bring a body back to life following a secret recipe from an ancient book, which is pretty cool. But, like, as far as, like, useful magic for everyday life... There isn't a lot of that. Like, they can blow on a candle and light it. That seems to be their only spell. She can stir her own coffee. That is also true. And her sister changes the phone tree. I suppose. And they could do that love spell. Several love spells. All right. But when they are haunted by a spirit, they are useless. Well, that's because spirit hauntings are something different. And if you go by the craft thing of what you put into the universe comes back to you threefold, they did something bad by resurrecting this man. Of course it's going to be way harder to get rid of than just, like, doing something weird with a bird and making that woman have to get her affair fixed. He gets banished by a normie who just believes in a symbol enough. That doesn't really banish him. That just makes him go away for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he goes to the body, but it banishes the spirit, and then Nicole Gibbons gets inhabited, but I don't know. It's all ethereal. Yes, it's magic. They're more hedge witches. Hedwiches. I could buy that. Hedwig mm. is an owl. That's not any <laughs> anywhere close. I mean, it's close. It's not what she it's, said. There's still witches there, and it's close. I think I need to take it. I think I need a nap, guys. You've worn me out. I don't know. I don't want to pull... I maybe didn't connect with this film. I don't want to pull the gender thing, but I think this is a girl movie. I agree. Y- yes. I mean... Based, I'm not saying this couldn't resonate with a man. I'm saying it didn't resonate with me in the way that it clearly did for you and possibly your sister. Is this like a family film or is this just something you enjoy? A lot of people like this movie. I'm saying, do you and your sister share this movie as something you like? I mean, we both watched it and liked it, but it's not like one that we watch as a family or anything. All right. That answers my question. We were just both girls in the 90s who liked Sandra Bullock. And there's a lot of those. Sure. This is this is the movie for people who thought the craft was a little too intense, but they still wanted a little bit of magic. And a little bit of death. And a little bit of death, but not as much violence as the craft. All right, fair enough. They didn't want it to be as edgy and gothic. Uh, gothy, not gothic, gothy. Gothic. As the craft, they didn't want, like, teen girls getting getting edgy. They just wanted a little bit of death and magic in with their romance. Yeah, and it's a weird romance in this uh, between, uh, what did you call him? Uh, his real life name? I don't Aiden know. His Quinn. name is Gary. <laughs> Gary Quinn. Uh, and Sally in this film. Because they're forming a relationship while Sally's being investigated for murder. <laughs> And it leads to him kind of, like, letting them go scot-free for murdering this guy. Well, there were points where I was confused about how he felt about her. Like, I, there were times where I was thinking, oh, well, he's flirting with her, but he's just doing that to get more information or try to get, you know, 
I thought it was more of a trick that he was just trying to get close to her and catch to her in fair. something. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> Sorry. To Detective Aiden Quinn. It totally makes sense he would cover up this murder for them because one, Jimmy was a serial killer. Two, okay. he saw Jimmy as a ghost. How is he supposed to explain that to the Bureau? How can it be like, yeah, they killed him, but I saw him later and he talked to me and I killed him as a ghost the third out of four times he gets murder killed blown up in this movie your second point is better than your first saying someone is a serial <laughs> killer isn't necessarily justification for murdering them you could still be arrested for murder if you murder a serial killer technically is this manslaughter again she now, wasn't this is trying to kill him at what point the first time, remember, they were only trying to put him to sleep. She got the dose Sure. Well because she was trying to drive a car at gunpoint. That is unclear because, like, so they did drug him, but he doesn't knock out when they expect him to. And he's choking Jill and Sally comes up and starts hitting him on the back and trying to hit him in the back of the head. Do the drugs kick in then or does she hit him hard enough that... Do you it think Sandra Bullock's tiny hands hit him hard enough to kill him? She's a witch. I don't, you don't know, know how powerful she yes. is. Why doesn't magic? she have a single battle spell? Because, remember, she said she didn't want to do magic. She doesn't believe in magic, and she doesn't want the ants to teach her kids anything about magic, because all magic does is kill people. But the Belladonna's fine, lives. because that's just plants. <laughs> Fair. It's like you guys didn't even pay attention to this movie. Oh, well. <laughs> I I paid too much attention, clearly. So the relationship is, uh, I, to Mark's point, it does feel like Gary is getting with Sally to learn more about his investigation, but at the same time, later he reveals he read Sally's letter a billion times, read her personal information over and over, and determined that he was into her before they ever met. It's magic! Is it, though? Yes! Stalking? <laughs> no! Yeah, they bit. felt drawn to each other because of the soulmate thing done away at the beginning of the movie! <laughs> it just... Mm. And then why didn't they stay together at the end? Why did they separate? What are you talking about? He comes back! Yes, but there's that... There's the end of the second, second act breakup in the romantic comedy. Uh, where he disappears for a while, and it's implied that, oh, it's over. It might never work out. Um, well, they did just go through a thing, and he still kind of has to clear up the case of the murder. Sure. But he isn't promised to come back. They leave knowing that, like, yes, we like each other, but also, I'm coming up a murder for you, and I don't know if you wanted me to stay, whether I should stay because you want me, or whether you- They had the whole conversation about the fact that she made the spell. Yeah. And she says, if you stay, we will, both of us will never know if we truly love each other or if it was just other circumstances. And so they separate. And both of them kind of acknowledge that no, they're not sure what they had is real because he was involved in the case and she cast a magical spell for a soulmate. Yeah, a while ago. That spell takes a long time to kick in. Well, she was asking for very specific things. But, and he was in Arizona. It would maybe be the first time she'd ever gone to Arizona. But after some time apart and kind of dealing with stuff, they're like, no, 
we, we decided we still like each other and I'm coming back. And it wasn't because of the case, because the case is cleared up and all that. And so he comes back. To be fair, he comes back after Sandra Bullock decides she wants him in his life. And then Sandra Bullock, instead of writing a letter, just sends a leaf into the air. Yeah. <laughs> which apparently finds him and tells him all he needs to know to do come you, back. Do you not understand witch mail? No, I don't. <laughs> Because it took those pedals a long time to reach him in Arizona, I'm sure. But I think they just needed some time to realize that it wasn't because necessarily the spell or the case or any of that stuff, and they just really liked each other. Aww. Mark is making this face, and I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I just want my I, happy ending for them to jump off no the roof. I just have no actual comments to make, so making faces is all I can do. I just want a cool New England house with some crazy stalker chanting ants. All my ants are normal. Um, and I want to jump off a roof with an umbrella and not break a leg. Well, I did not ever do Mary that as a Poppins. child. I had a one-story house. Yeah, I felt I would have tried it. I don't think my parents let me. The closest I got is like my. I had a sunken living room, and I would run into it with like a um. A parachute made out of a sheet to see if it would hold me up long enough to float to the ground. It didn't. <laughs> we one time took a bunch of cushions off the couch and put them at the bottom of the stairs and to see if we could jump all the way down. <laughs> How'd that go? Oh, it was great. I don't. I mean, I never got injured, so I guess that's good. All right. Must be pretty good. Wikipedia says this movie is a cult classic, so you guys. I'm sure. Again. I'm sure it is it a says cult that classic because of the cults in it. There's no cults. <laughs> Even the 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 Debbie Harry looking woman friend at the Bed Bath and Beyond store is like, oh no, she's not one of those witches. She doesn't do any animal sacrifices. <laughs> Uh, but Nancy wait, that implies Nancy. that they all know that she is a witch, though. No, the all well, they do. The entire town yeah. thinks they're witches. That's why Jillian got hit in the face with a rock at the beginning. And do her friends like it's a it's not a secret in the town. Right, the town all suspects them of witchery, and then immediately gets on board when they are finally truthful with the town. It's like, yes, we're witches, and we need some help. The it town's like, yes, of course, I'll be there. They only if they can't be part of the club. It's mm -hmm. all about feeling like an outsider and being a mean girl if you're an outsider. But if you get to be part of the cool witch club, you're going to bring your broom. And it had what's-her-name from... And the one person who brought the little Hoover was from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the TV show. She played one of the teachers. I mean, she's been in a bunch of stuff. I think she was in... I don't know, but she was also a teacher in that. So she's been in multiple witch things in the 90s. What is that actress's name? It just, for a lot of this film, it seems like the characters, while magically charged and magically capable, don't really know what's going on vis-a-vis -vis magic. Uh, and, like, the ants seem to know what's going on, and then they just leave for a good portion. And they're just like, well, deal with it yourself, even if it kills you. Bye. No, literally that's what they say is clean up your own mess. I'm and aware. then they come back in the nick of time. They're like, we're going to let you deal with it yourself. And then we'll come back hopefully in time for you not to be dead. Which frankly, is that not the best way to teach your they children? They make a comment about being later than they thought in that uh, 
Jillian is possessed when they get back, and they sure don't want that to happen. But isn't that how you should train your children? Let them deal with your mess, but but give them a safety net that they don't Not as die. adults! These aren't kids! These are full-grown women! Yeah, but they're witches. They probably age differently. Because they make a <laughs> comment about they don't know how old the ants are, and they dress like they're from the... 1905 so who knows how old those ants are i don't know this film didn't resonate with me i got a real uh, real long list of problems with it for sure how far are we through that list oh we're pretty close to the end <laughs> i was just hoping that we were like 10 of the way through a list of 100 or something <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to find that one actress no i might actually be through it all You've worn me out, guys. I need to go. Yeah. It's just, I, I've worn you out as much as this film wore me out. Because this film does, it drags on in that, like, I discussed the drag at the beginning. And then, like, the investigation with the, the love interest guy, Gary, going around town and then actually doing the investigating. And then they kind of have a cute moment. And then they discover Angelo's ring. And, and then... Oh, the frogs! Ruins the Didn't talk about the, the frog vomiting up the ring. Yeah, that's a plus of burying it off the property. You don't have to deal with all those damn frogs. <laughs> oh, and that's where Jillian nearly poisons the guy, or at least casts a spell to make him leave in the syrup. She's putting things in the syrup, but then the daughters realize that he's the guy from the list, so they throw it off the cliff. To give the film credit, those kids are really adorable. Uh, and, like, the when they find their mom's list of the perfect man and start piecing together, like, this is the guy! They get really excited about it. It's really sweet and cute. I think Mark died. I think we need to wrap Possibly. up because Mark died. Yeah, we can get towards the There are the things end. happening we... outside that distracted me for a second. So, investigation heats up. Um, the body buried keeps having bigger and bigger reactions like they see the boots come up out of the ground and roses grow overnight and the ring gets spits out of frogs and at one point uh when the investigator is going around they go up to see jill because she has called sally uh mentally uh and find that the spirit of angelo is hanging around and that is not his name. What? The spirit of Angelo is hacking around. His name is not Angelo. Is it not? I called him Angel. What do you want to call Angeloff. Oh, Angeloff. Remember, he's Romanian. His, I real, don't his first remember. name is Jimmy. As long as it has the word Angel in it, we know who he is. I <laughs> wanted this. I wanted this guy off screen. Maybe the moment I saw him, I don't I, like his accent. I don't like his acting. ER? When you, you, you when you first called him ER Angel at the beginning, I thought you were talking about that TV show Angel. Um, <laughs> no, that's David. Borges, anyway, Angeloff is a spirit. Gary comes up and is able to ward him off with his badge because it's a symbol he believes in. Now, Angeloff also believes in it. Must be maybe he's a scared. I of like the police. I like that mythology that like, or you can ward off certain evil things if you believe in something enough if you have a token so for like uh vampires it's usually crosses but crosses wouldn't work for me because i don't believe in the church you're also not a vampire right i'm saying i wouldn't help me ward off vampires whereas 
honestly, crosses do tend to ward me off of things. I might be a vampire. Oh, good. Can I stake him? Oh. <laughs> I would love a stake. Do you want to cook medium rare? Oh, just let me go to sleep now. <laughs> My back is killing me. All right, we got to talk about the witch's circle and then we can get to games. Uh, he has more grievances to, to air with you. I, I don't. Have, I'm, I have nothing I'm out of more to say. Let's just get, let's wrap up the film. Uh, tell our audience about this witch's circle. How does, how does Angelo, Angelo, how does Angeloff <laughs> Jimmy, get his in, name is Jimmy. How does he get into Jillian and then how do we get him out of Jillian? You want to rephrase that? <laughs> well, he's done it both ways. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but Sarah had to bring it up, so... Anyway, his name is Jimmy. Stop trying Jiminy. to pronounce his last name. You're Jiminy. Jimmy. Jiminy is what you just said. His name is Jimmy. Stop trying to pronounce Angela. Because there's a whole thing about he's he's from New Transylvania. Ugh. But you didn't he's answer the question. He's got this whole sexy vampire cowboy. Uh. How, how did he do the inhabitations? What is that called? Possession. There's the word. Possession. <laughs> he, after he explodes, right? He comes back and inhabits Nicole Kidman. Well, how does he come back? He's just exploded. Well, he wasn't magic exploded. He was just scared off. Just faith exploded. And then this is where using the phone tree that they clearly set up earlier in the film, we didn't think it was going to be important, but here it is. Uh, Sally calls all the moms in the town asking for help because the ants tell her they need a coven of women in a witch's circle. Nine is good, but 12 is better. And people show up for them. The town is really responsive after they admit what they're up to. And they form a circle and chant some stuff. And I forget what, what happens here. They try to banish Jimmy, but they can't. And then... Uh, what Sally has to do something with Jill to she she does the blood pact again. Okay, and that works. I don't I don't know how that works. Yeah, Maybe I I was magic. confused why the curses ended at the end of the movie. Like they explain it, but I don't know how it works because okay. now she's still in love the, with someone and she's gonna kill him off. So no, no, because the whole point of why the curse started is because she got through abandoned to the island and her lover chose to stay with the popularity of the town instead of coming to rescue her and that's what started because remember she was (laughs) pregnant on the island yes and her lover never came to rescue her i see he stayed at town Uh. and so the whole thing i think that heals the curse is she says was it the joint of our hands that healed the curse i think so and i think what it was is the town and the Owens family finally coming back together. That makes more sense than sister bonding and that breaking a curse. You you mean mean you didn't like the end of Frozen, Carl? (laughs) No, No, I didn't. The sister bonding, that clasping of hands is what sent Jimmy out because they had the blood pack saying they were going to die at the same time. And so that's what got rid of Jimmy. Gotcha. But the town and the Owens coming together and finding that forgiveness is what broke the other curse because they were no longer outsiders in the town anymore. All right. So both sisters survive. Bullock sends a leaf off to bring Gary back to town. 
Uh, I suppose the final thing is uh, they get a note from Gary the detective saying that um, Jimmy's murder was ruled an accident because he planted the ring in some crashed building or something. Uh, and they were able to use that ring as a positive ID. And so they're off the hook for all the murdering they did of Jimmy. Uh, and then, I don't know, off screen he finds the leaf and determines, oh, this was Sally's leaf. And he goes back and they're together. Well, it's a magic leaf. Sure. But it's still a leaf. It's not a, it's not a message. You... you- uh, like they have a soulmate bond. It's, I, I feel it's, like Carl doesn't believe in love. <laughs> I don't believe in leaves. Hey, have you seen what is that Pixar short, The Paper Man? Yes, yes. I have seen The Paper Man. <laughs> it's that, but with trees. <laughs> Alrighty. On that note, let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, a game in which we put together two more properties in the form It's This Meets This to describe this film. So I'm going to start us off here telling our audience what practical magic is in terms of other things. So, since this was a film that features Sandra Bullock as a woman with two children who tries desperately to save their father from an untimely death, but ultimately fails, and where she is a prime suspect in a murder investigation meets Nicole Kidman as a flirty witch, casting love spells and later regretting them, and a budding romance between a witch and a normie. Uh, is the second one Bewitched? It is! Is the first one that terrible Sandra Bullock movie that no one watched? Possibly. Uh, you have yeah, to give me more, more specific. Premonition? <laughs> it is Premonition. So it's Premonition meets Bewitched. I've Mark? watched that movie twice. I do not understand it. It's just all timey-wobby. I, I, don't, <gasps> I don't get it. Wibbly-wobbly? I know it's like he, she's going back. I just, I don't get it. I just don't get how the, I don't get how it works. That's because it's not a good movie. <laughs> right. She ends up causing the accident that kills her husband because of others. Yes. Mark, do you want to start us off here? Oh, no, because you already started us off. Well, <laughs> okay. Because it is a romantic comedy starring Nicole Kidman, involves witches hiding their powers from humans, and witches also falling in love with humans. Cough, cough. Uh, also, a movie where Sandra Bullock falls in love with a police officer. Oh, uh, wait, isn't she... Speed? Speed is correct, yes. <laughs> I was going to say Miss Congeniality, but she's the police officer. They're both police officers. Uh, uh, is the first one Bewitched? It is. Did you use Bewitched? <laughs> yeah. It was Bewitched meets Speed. Okay. Cool. Sarah, on to you. Because it is a movie where Sandra Bullock has to get past her first relationship to be able to move on to her second one. And also has a young children. I think she only has one in that one. Meets a movie about a sisterhood of witches who maybe cast some spells that don't go so well, and they have to learn from it. Hmm. Is the second one the craft? It is the craft. Okay. All right. Um, so Sandra I, Bullock, two relationships. I think the first one you can just guess Andy Sandra Bullock movie, and yeah. it might be correct. Um. 
Can I name a Sandra Bullock? Is that one Miss Congeniality? No. Well, aloha to you. She does. She only has one one romantic relationship. Yeah. Between the but two what about William Shatner? What about Speed? <laughs> no, because that would be Speed Two, and it's not Speed Two. What else is she in? I'm gonna have to so Google Sandra Bullock. But I'm I'm blanking. All right. Oh, uh, uh, while you were sleeping. No, but you're at least a closer decade. Uh, the Blind Side, Bird Box. Okay, you're getting farther away timeline wise. Oh, never mind. Go back to the uh, '90s. Go back to the oh, '90s. All about Steve. '90s. <laughs> I know. A fool and his money. Who shot Potanko? <laughs> You guys are just realizing, I'm just realizing you guys know no 90s Sandra Bullock. I sure don't. Bullet Train, not the 90s. Forces of Nature. Oh, I remember that one. Do any of these sound like romantic movies? Murder by Numbers. I think that's a, is that a James Patterson? That's a very romantical movie. Alright, is it uh, 28 Days? No, I think that's the one where she's in drug rehab. Is it Hope Float? Yes! There we go. (laughs) I didn't even know she was in that movie. She's the lead in Hope <laughs> I I should have guessed, knowing it was wrong. Demolition Man. <laughs> yes. Is is uh, the the one you said earlier? I think is a James Patterson book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Murder by Numbers. Yeah. Uh, it seems that way. Anyway, <laughs> what were the two again? It Hope is floats meets. Hope floats meets the crab. Ah, great. All right, my next one. Uh, a property featuring an investigator getting wrapped up in paranormal cases where he can ward off some spirits with the symbol he believes in. Meets. A movie where the main character is cursed to lose anyone they try to have a relationship with, and they need to break the curse before being with their one true love. Anybody? No. So, Sarah, you might know the first one because it is, um... I was not paying attention. Great. (laughs) What else is new? Detective Paranormal Cases uh, ward off some spirits with the symbols he believes in, it was a popular book series. Uh, that one dude. Yeah, could be him. <laughs> See, I was going to say, like, Poltergeist or something, but they're not investigator. I guess he, there is the one guy comes, but... Uh, what is his name? Harry? Harry, Harry, um... Harry Housen. Shoot. He wears a coat and a hat on all of the covers. <laughs> Yep, written by Jim Butcher. Yes! A coat and a hat. It must be Dick Tracy again. It's all... uh, His name is... Harry Dresden. Harry Dresden, yes. Uh, So the Dresden Files is the first one. The second one, I don't know if either of you have seen it. I saw it once and would never again. Um, It stars Dane Cook, uh, where he is cursed to lose the people he loves. Oh, good luck, Chuck! It is good luck, Chuck. Terrible film. Uh, but that all together was The Dresden Files meets Good Luck, Chuck. Hmm. Two things I have never seen. Well, don't. <laughs> the first one's good. Don't watch the second one. Mark, what oh, you got? I get to go again. A film starring scantily clad Nicole Kidman seducing a man and relationship problems due to death meets... 
a film where a red-haired witch kills her boyfriend and then brings his zombie back to life and tries to kill him again. Red-haired witch. It's the first one, Moulin Rouge. Correct. Nice. Uh, red-haired witch. Kill someone. Brings them back. Oh! Is that, is that, uh, Hocus Pocus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh! So, yeah, also I could have added a bunch of stuff about sister witches and stuff, but I figured those would be clues if you didn't get it. So, altogether, Moulin Rouge meets Hocus Pocus. Cool, cool, cool. My final one here. So, since this is a film starring Nicole Kidman moving to a community of uptight a-type women who don't approve of her, and featuring jealous rages, significant others being murdered, and a woman not in control of her own body, meets Sandra Bullock gathering a team of women to perform an elaborate job, and women trying to get away with a crime under a detective's watchful eye. Demolition Man. That Ocean's nope. <laughs> movie I did not watch. Yep, it's that one. Ocean's it Eight. Thir- eight? Eight. It came after 13. Yeah, I forgot that they went backwards. Mm-hmm. They ran out of celebrities <laughs> to make ah. up the numbers. I'm trying to think of hints for this. So I guess the community she moves into, the women who don't approve of her ways. Stepford Wives. It is a Stepford Wives, yeah. correct. <laughs> so Stepford Wives meets Ocean's 8. Before you even finished your hint... Uh, so, moving on to our second game, which is alternate taglines. A word or phrase you would see in the movie poster for this film, which accurately meets the theme, though possibly misses the point. So, I'm going to start us off here, um, uh, telling our audience what the theme is of Practical Magic. Practical Magic! Impractical Practitioners! <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Practical magic. The family business is a curse. My <laughs> uh, final one here. Oh, uh, Practical. Oh, Sarah didn't have one? I told you I just had one. I wasn't yeah. listening. Game. I was. Uh, my final one. Practical magic. True love can outlive anything, but obsessive infatuation just won't stay dead. Alrighty. That's how that Moving works. Our third game which is tv guide game a description of the plot of the film which is uh you would find in a tv guide in netflix description which is technically correct though possibly misses the point Alrighty, so uh, tell our audience what the plot of practical magic is it is simply a woman condemns a man to an early death by loving him and then she goes on to murder another multiple times in a more traditional fashion mm-hmm <laughs> While investigating the disappearance of a local man, a detective falls in love with the man's sister-in-law and becomes spellbound. Alright, my final one here. Um, a family's terrible reputation is restored to good standing when they openly confirm everything they've been accused of and convince others to join in their dark practices. Alrighty. So, that'll bring us to reviews, starting, of course, with our infamous potato scale, telling our listeners what they can expect in terms of emotions from this film, in terms of our relationship with potatoes. So, take it away! I had raw potato. (laughs) Um, 
For reasons that are probably obvious from our discussions, I didn't get too much out of this. Mark doesn't believe in love either. <laughs> so, uh, I guess for the listeners, our scale, which we should probably post somewhere so people know what we're talking about, when the raw potato just means it was bland... Um, I also wrote down something else that doesn't make sense. I don't think it's on our list, but I wrote down ladyfingers with a question mark because it was a chicken. That's not a potato! <laughs> yeah, those aren't made of potatoes. I know, that's why it has a question mark. <laughs> those are cakes! Uh, no, 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 there is a vegetable. There's fingerlings! Yes. I don't know. I searched ladyfingers and it gave me a vegetable. But I don't think we can count that one. I just said, it's a chick flick. Let's look for something that has ladies All in it. All it's giving me is the sponge cake. And we have oh, one on the list. there's an okra. Yes. Ah, also not a potato. Uh, yeah, fun, that's true. Fun fact about okra. Uh, we have one on our list that has no description on the list. So I don't remember the first time it was used. Uh, it says double baked potato and has a bunch of question marks as the description. Uh-huh. I wanted to put it as like quadruple baked potato because the guy got killed four times. <laughs> well, how are you going to use that for other films? <laughs> I have no idea. But the, I think those were the three that I had in my mind, but none of them are necessarily... The last two are just kind of joke potatoes. It was more just that I was pretty bored for most of the movie. So. Yeah, I think I've got some. Maybe I can find one as I'm talking. Uh, but the first thing that came to mind for this film for me is uh, the oven-baked potato. Uh, in that this film takes a while to get started. I've mentioned the four different starting points the film has before it finally gets to the fifth one and the story begins. <laughs> uh, so it definitely drags in the beginning. The other thing is the murder investigation is nice, but it's I didn't connect with it, which maybe it is a gender thing where this does connect more with women than with men. Uh, but for me, this was a real potato skins that this film definitely has its moments, but there's not really enough substance to it. I think with the the really the romantic comedy love interest thing kind of squeezed into the back half, it has to be kind of accelerated uh, with the murder investigation going as well. It didn't feel like it gave enough time to like breathe or make it seem uh, full of the emotions that I would expect from it. But yeah, I might I might just leave it there. Just oven-baked potato skins. Yeah. Sarah? I have to remember. I'm going to do very different. I'm going to do potato chips, which is light like a snack, which is my favorite thing. I do not want heavy, <laughs> thought-provoking romantic comedies. I want them to be, to watch them in one sitting, and I want me to feel happy at the end of them. <laughs> I want them to be potato chips. I want to be able to eat them by the handful. I don't want to go out of them and be like, yes, yes, thoughts on the world. Yes, yes, this is a representative <laughs> of, of the fall of the Soviet Union in the Cold War. And No, that I just is, want to... That is how I leave most movies, just yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> no, I want to be like, I had fun watching this, and these actors are great, and, and this main guy character is cute, and that's what I want. I want potato chip movie. 
And this is potato chip movie, but with magic and murder a guy four times. And the other one is, I don't know, mashed potatoes. I like movies with sisters. I don't know. Maybe it's because I have a sister. <laughs> they make me feel happy when sisters resolve their issues and are happy sisters. And, and family, family issues being resolved at the end and everyone is happy and they get to live their life in a quaint little town with cottages. Great. Love those endings. Love when... When I've got a film to... about traveling pants you need to see. I love... No! No, no! <laughs> you have not actually seen... I haven't, no. I have read all of the books. You want to talk about trauma and death. It's Sisterhood <laughs> of the Traveling Pants. So many people die of cancer in those books. At least, like, four people. In my, in my defense, it was the only movie I could think of of sisterhood in no, the No, no, <laughs> no. I want, I want them to be like, we're fighting and we don't fit in the town, but at the end we do and we come out of our little fence in the house and we wave at people and we're all part of the town now and we all love each other. That's what I want at the end of my cute little town romantic comedy drama movie. And it does. So. Wow. That list is as specific as Sandra Bullock's love. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, what did I say? Uh, mashed potatoes and potato chips. Have I actually eaten, like, those potato, like, not potato chips, but, like, those homemade potato chippy things? Like, they have, like, pizza ranch, and I scoop mashed potatoes on top of them? Yes. Yes, I have. It's delicious. Add a little gravy on top. All right. Let's move on to our other review scale, which is a more traditional 0 to 10 scale, telling our listeners, should they go back and watch this film? You all know I don't believe in going back and checking my list, so I'm giving it an 8.25. 8.25. Sarah. It's not a movie brilliant movie change your life Muppets Christmas Carol movie, but I like it and it makes me happy. And if you like romantic comedies and believe in love, unlike these two losers, then I think you'll enjoy it for, for a nice little cozy Halloween movie. In between your spooky spooks. Yeah. <laughs> your spooky spooks. Watch a spooky movie. Watch Practical Magic. Have your handsome 1990s Aiden Quinn. Go back to your spooky movies. Watch Trick or Treat after that. Well, I'm just waiting for, for Sarah to have oh, a heart attack. If you don't interrupt her, she's going to keep going. <laughs> Oh, I've lost my mind at this point. Yeah, don't don't worry. You'll he, when my number comes out, you'll lose some more. Um, it's a two. No, not quite that bad, I guess. Is I, it better than Man of the House? It is better than Man of the House. <laughs> it's also better than Surf Ninjas. <laughs> Everything's better than Surf Ninjas. Um, hey, what about that kangaroo film? Oh, oh. <sighs> It is better. That's the lowest one on my list, actually. Warriors of Virtue. (laughs) Except for that one bad guy's monologue, there's nothing worthwhile in that movie. I don't even remember. That one bad guy? Oh, wait, I'm thinking, never mind. The dramatic, uh, the really dramatic handsy one. Uh, I thought we were still talking about surf surf ninjas where the bad guy is Liam Neeson. No, talking about... Warriors of Virtue, where of Virtue. the bad guy is basically it. a questionable Shakespearean actor. <laughs> it was his one shot at Hollywood. Yep. Give him a break. All right. Mark, what's your number? <laughs> I gave it a 3.8. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have no specific reason other than I... At, 
you could tell I didn't have a lot to say during the episode, and I, it's probably because I don't remember a lot of the things that happened, because I just was not into the movie at all enough to really pay attention. <laughs> so, I feel like having listened to each, you two talk about stuff, I might have learned more about the plot than I did from watching the movie. I don't know. It just didn't really do much for me, and it's better than some of the other movies that we have watched, but definitely there are others that I would watch before watching this one again. So, it's even below the halfway point for me. Yeah, so, I am going to be closer to Mark than I am to Sarah, but I was thinking about how I felt about this film as we were talking and trying to get a, a rating and it's just I don't feel strongly really one way or the other about this film I've mentioned a lot that it didn't really resonate with me and so it's it's hard to come up with a number that you know suits how I feel about it because I don't really feel about it uh so I looked on the scale and I was hemming and hawing and I think I'm just going to place it at a five you know just right in the middle yeah, to me, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of middle of the road. Now, I think if the film cut out a lot at the beginning, it could be better. Like, traditionally, if you're having a woman with kids in a, um, in a romantic comedy, you don't show the husband that died as a part of the film. You, you establish to, that that's already happened, and then she's looking for love again. The curse. I think it can be explained better than this film does it. Anywho, I think if it if the film was reshot and they adapted the book better, it could score higher for me. The but book is this film, less about the romance and more about the sisters. Yeah, this film, gotta go with a five. That's it for me. Alright, Sarah, can you tell our audience where they can find us online should they choose to do so? Uh, you can find us at retrograding.fireside.fm or at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. And our music is done by Dominique Barnes. Who continues to be great. Alright, so I came up with a quick lesson here, which brings us to our final segment, which is, guys, I learned something today. Something for our audience to mull over in the coming month into the release of our next episode. Uh, so something I took away from this film is that, oh, I should say, guys, I learned something today. You gotta plan your murders. Because if you don't, you're just gonna have to keep murdering the same guy over and over again. I still don't think that would have helped. Well, who's to say? Alright, that's gonna close up this episode. We will catch you guys next time. Bye.